Amen. Get to come and worship the King because He is absolutely worthy to be praised. We are continuing our thoughts on the word peace. And we all want peace, don't we? We all want it and we all actually strive for it in our lives. We love the feeling that peace brings to us, don't we? I mean, when you think about the word peace and you think about it for your life, isn't that what you want? You want peace. You want safety. You want security. You want that well-being feeling in your life. And last week we looked at the concept of how the Lord wants us to have peace, doesn't he? He wants us to have peace. And, you know, in the, the Old Testament uh, books that we, uh, verses that we looked at last week, it was prophesied about this concept of this peace that was going to come through the Messiah. And we know that it was through Jesus that it became a reality. You remember Jesus comes and he's born and you remember those angels in the multitude, they were praising God and they were saying, glory to the highest and on earth peace and goodwill to who? To all men. You remember Jesus on the cross when he had finished everything that he was supposed to do and what does he cry out? It is finished and he gave up the ghost. You remember Jesus resurrected before he's about to ascend into heaven. What does he tell the disciples? He says, all power has been given to me on earth and in heaven. And here's what I want you to do. Go preach the good news. Go preach the way that people can have peace. We know that peace became a reality to anybody who is a child of God. He made the way for humanity to be saved. You remember we looked at this verse, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What a comforting verse, amen? What a comforting thought. What a, what a, a feeling to know that we have been justified through Jesus Christ. Jesus has given us spiritual peace, comfort to know that we are saved through him. And because of that, because of that doing by Jesus, we should all live our lives filled with peace. But brethren, sometimes our lives are filled with anything but peace. Am I right about it? Why is that? Anxiety sets in. Stress sets in, anger, frustration, embarrassment, and so many more things come in and set up in our lives. And what happens? It keeps us from having peace. This morning, I want to think about that. I want to study and, and consider some things for us to do in our lives to fight that thought to fight those things that creep in, to keep us where we can say that we have peace no matter what may come our way, to be like Paul when he said in Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am 
to be content. How was Paul able to be content? You know, content means to be strong enough or possess enough strength to not need any aid or any support. How was Paul able to be content, brethren? Because he had peace in his life. Amen? Peace like a river. Peace is a fruit that grows in us, doesn't it? It's something that we have to nurture. It's something that we have to work on in our lives. And I want us to consider two things this morning, and the lesson will be yours. The first thing is this fruit of peace. It grows in our life if our focus is right. I I saw this on Facebook, and I thought it was such a a good thought for this as we're going to talk. It says we either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. (laughs) Think about it. We can either make ourselves miserable or we can make ourselves strong. We're going to do one or the other. Now, what is it for you, brethren? You know, Romans 8, chapter 6 says this. For to be carnally minded or to be fleshly minded, it's death. But to be spiritually minded, if our focus is where it needs to be at, look at what it says. Life and peace. Don't you want peace in your life? Don't you want to continue to have peace all the time in your life? Paul said, I've learned no matter what state I am, I'm content. I'm content. I'm okay where I'm at. No matter what the situation is, no matter what comes my way, no matter what dives in front of me, I'm okay. If our minds are not spiritual, if we're not thinking about him and we're thinking about doing his will, if it's not being refined and it's not being cultivated within us spiritually, Then when those storms of life come, guess what happens, brethren? We aren't prepared for the struggle. We can't find that peace. We scramble to get it, but it's already come upon us. We had no preparation. You remember what Jesus said? What did he tell us? To be ready. Didn't he? He told us to be ready for his coming. But does that mean we shouldn't be ready for the situations that happen in our lives? Absolutely, we should be ready. Study to show yourself approved, the word says. A workman that's not ashamed. Somebody who can rightly divide the word. Is that us, brethren? Is our focus where it needs to be at? Think about this proverb. And, and, and since we've done it in class, and I'm going to tell you what, brethren, this Proverbs class, I've said it many times, has changed my life. And this is one of my favorite ones. And think about it. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. See, to have peace that sustains in our lives, brethren, it starts no doubt with Jesus. And it continues with Jesus. And it'll take us all the way to heaven with Jesus. Am I right? But he did something else for us. He did something else to help us be able to sustain this peace in our lives. He did something 
very, very important. You remember we looked at last week. He says, I'm sending you a helper. Turn with me real quick in your Bibles to John chapter 14. Let's look at it just real quick. We talked about it last week. John chapter 14. Verse 25, he says, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The helper was coming to help these apostles be able to teach the truth, to be able to guide the people then and now into what Jesus said and why we need to do it. See what a blessing that was uh, through Jesus Christ. See, to have this peace, it starts with Jesus, but it continues by following what the Spirit says. Amen? Not this vision in my mind, not this dream that I had last week, (laughs) right here in the Word. The Spirit guides me into all truth. See, the Word of God is wisdom. And if you would, turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. I want to look at a couple verses in talking about this. So we can get this understanding of just why the Word is so powerful to help us in any situation, but in particular, talking about peace. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Just give me a few minutes, and, and I promise Your life will be changed for the better. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. See, if if the word of God is wisdom, it cries out. It calls to us to listen to it and to learn from it and to obey it. Look at what it says. Verse 20, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn in my rebuke, surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Think about what that just said. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words known to you. But if we refuse, if we refuse to use this weapon in our lives, when we refuse to use this, no matter what the situation is, but as we're talking about this morning, peace, if we refuse to let this Do what it's supposed to do when those trials hit and they're going to hit. Then it'll be too late to gain this peace that we desire so much in that bad moment. And what do we do? We begin to resent God for it. We begin to doubt God. We begin to be frustrated with God. Really, God, I'm trying to do what you asked me to do. And I believe in who you are. Why am I going through this struggle? What does the word tell us to do? It calls out to us to listen, to obey it. Think about what verses 24 uh, through 30 say. Because I have called you, I called and you refused. 
I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Isn't that so true? Here I am stuck in the situation and I'm mad and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I don't understand. And I feel like, God, why haven't you helped me? I'm trying to seek your wisdom now, but the moment has already come. It's already passed. And now I'm fighting upstream. Look at what it says. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Verse 30. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now think about this. When we choose not to apply the scriptures that speak about peace in our lives, what does the verse say happens? And this is applicable in any situation. It says that we will eat the fruit of our own way. Because if I'm not reading God's word, if I'm not studying what it says, what am I doing? I'm doing it my way, right? We talked about this in class this morning. So I'm going to eat the fruit of my own way. And I'm going to be filled to the full on my own fancies. What I think is right. What I think I need to do to fix the situation. I mean, I'll just be honest with you, brethren. Sometimes I think I'm a know-it-all, okay? I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I know the best way. How about you? I'm not listening to God on this one because, I, I mean, there's a lot of work that has to go into doing all that. I'm just going to do it like this real quick. It's just a little small adjustment, and it'll be all right. What happens to them small adjustments? They end up turning into a catastrophe, don't they? Because maybe that adjustment was just a little small lie. Maybe that adjustment was just a little bit of not truth. And now all of a sudden I find myself in a whirlwind trying to work myself back, right? Trying to keep myself from looking like a fool because that's what we want to do. We don't want to look foolish. But God says, if you want to do it your way, if you don't want to dive into the thing that I've given you, brethren, here's the deal. We all have a phone. We all have a computer. If I want to look up any type of verse on any type of thing, all I got to do is punch in when the, the little line where it says Google at the top, verses about peace. And when I hit enter, I'm about to get a whole bunch, ain't I? And I can go on a study for as long as I want to. In God's word. But we don't do that, brethren, do we? Oh, we'll do it for a little while. And I'm guilty myself. I'm not saying something that I, I, I'm not guilty of myself. I want this peace. I understand what Jesus is, has done for me. But how come I'm not able to sustain it? How come I'm not able to keep this continuous? Because things aren't right. My focus isn't where it needs to be at. 
solely on the word of God. See, he says our own complacency, it will destroy us. Why is that? Because we choose not to listen to the counsel of wisdom or take time to understand its rebuke. Isn't that what it is sometimes though? We read something and it's contrary to how we want to do it. This rebuke comes our way and all of a sudden we say, (laughs) I ain't about to do that. I don't feel like changing right now. I actually enjoy doing what I'm doing. And it's turned out fine for me right now. I don't know if you've ever thought that, but what a scary place to be. But look at verse 33. It says, but whoever listens to me, somebody who listens to my word, somebody who actually makes application in their life according to my word will dwell safely and will be secure and will be without fear of evil. So if we're going to have peace when we need it, when we need it the most, our focus must be right. Amen? Think about this. The second thing that I'd like for us to consider is if our focus is right, and this is so simple, we have to apply it. Psalm 34, 14 is also found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. And it talks about in Peter, those who would like to have good days. And it uses this verse. And I want to just do this for a second. And I want you to think about this and I want you to apply this as you study God's word this week. Find a verse, whatever it is. And I want you to apply this principle and see the blessings uh, that you can get from it. I'm going to use two verses, this one and another one. But I want us to just think about this. It says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Okay, now my focus is right, Matt. I'm going to look at this verse and I want to see what it says and how I can apply this to my life. Four words. The first one is depart. You remember we're talking about peace in the big umbrella. But how do I have peace in my life? How do I have this safety, this security, this prosperity, this harmony in my life? You ever walked into a house and just been like, man, this is just a peaceful place. I could just, just let me just sit on the couch for a minute. There ain't no drama in here. It just feels so good. How do I get that? How do I sustain that? Well, look at what happens. The first thing is, he says, depart from evil. See, to be removed from is what the Hebrew word means. It means to avoid or evil in my life. This is the best definition. The evil in my life has come to an end. It's over. I'm going to depart from evil. And what am I going to do? I'm going to do good. (laughs) The Hebrew word there, to do, it means to produce, to be done, or to commit. Now, wait a minute. 
If I depart, if evil in my life is going to come to an end, and now all of a sudden I'm going to commit myself to do good, what happens in my life? There's some immediate changes probably, aren't there? Now some things start changing. My attitude changes. The things that I watch start changing. The way that I talk to my wife, the way that I talk to my husband, the way that I talk to my children the way that I talk to my family members, the way that I talk starts changing because I have committed. I'm not just saying it, right? It's one thing to say, oh man, that's a, I like that verse. I'm actually gonna stick it up on my uh, mirror when I get up in the morning. I'm gonna read that thing because man, it just kind of rhymes and it goes together real good and I, I just like the feel. How, it's one thing to, be, to believe it. But it's another thing to act on it, amen? And isn't that how faith works? We're gonna look at that in just a second. See, one of the struggles that we have so many times in our lives, and, and again, I'm gonna raise my hand on this, is we believe the concept, but we never make the application. Or we try it for a minute and remember that rebuke comes to us and all of a sudden it's too much. So I, I just got to come. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that much big of a deal for me to change my life. I didn't realize when I started doing that, that that rebuke was really going to cut to the heart. It really was going to hurt me. All this backbiting that I've done, man, I've enjoyed it all my life. And now all of a sudden I got to stop. And look at the second part. He says, depart or let this evil in your life come to an end and do good. Commit yourself to do the right thing. And then he says, seek. To seek peace. The Hebrew word for seek means to demand. Today is the day in my life that I'm going to demand peace. Whatever I got to do, by any means necessary, according to God's will, I am going to have peace in my life. And it starts right here with me, my attitude, the way that I feel, the way that I address people. And then the fourth thing is to pursue it, to press on, to run. The Hebrew word means to run swiftly towards something. If somebody's running away from me, you know, tag, right? Tag, you're it. Well, I'm out of here. I'm running after that person because I want to tag them. Y'all used, I mean, y'all know what tag is, right? The kids know what tag is. I mean, I haven't played tag in a long time, but I enjoyed tag. I would always get tagged, but <clears throat> look at what happens when we apply this wisdom to our life, though. No longer do I mess with evil. And now all of a sudden I'm doing good and I'm demanding peace in my life and I'm going to pursue it over and over. Now think about your life in that application. Is that you? Or have some distractions set in? Or are some other things just a little bit more important than that? Wisdom cries out in the streets. I'm calling, but you're not listening. I'm crying out. I'm trying to help you, but you don't hear me. 
So when calamity comes, don't cry out to me. You missed it. You're going to have to work through it now. I had you from the beginning. I know the trials are going to come. I know the situations are going to present themselves. But just believing that this is God's word is not good enough. It's where it begins. Just like believing is not enough to be saved. There's some stuff that needs to happen. Some repentance needs to take place in your life. Some confessing that you believe Jesus is the Son of God. Understanding what baptism really does. It literally washes away your sins. Look at what the end of 1 Peter chapter 3, right after this verse. Look at the blessing that comes from it. It says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Brethren, how peaceful is that? When I do these things in my life, the eyes of the Lord are on me. And when I pray to him, he hears me. His ears are open to my prayers. Brethren, we don't just pray our prayer to say, God, you see how good of a prayer I am? When we pray our prayers, what do we pray? That he'll answer them. Am I right about it? I pray my prayer because I'm confident in the power of God. So when I'm seeking, when I'm pursuing, when I'm departing, when I'm going and doing the right thing, the prayers are being heard. The ears are ready because your focus is where it needs to be at. Now that'll preach. That'll preach. If you're sitting here today and you've become complacent in your relationship with God, let me encourage you with one thing. People need Jesus and you can be the one to show them the light. But if you can't get your life where it needs to be at, you will only have a negative effect. What a hypocrite. You go in there and sit in the pew. <laughs> You go in there and say that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9, the Bible says this, The things which you have learned, the things which you have received, the things which you have heard and saw in me. This is Paul talking. He says, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Wow. He set the system up for us to be successful. Do we want it? Think about that verse. Paul says that when we do these things, when we hear, when we learn, when we receive it, and then when we see it, what a change it makes in our lives and somebody else's as well. I want us to think about this verse that Derek read. What an awesome verse. He says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Brethren, is that you? Is your mind stayed on the Lord? 
Matt, I can't think about God every second of the day because I got to work. I got to drive. I got to, really? We're going to use that excuse? We know better than that, don't we, brethren? What is my habit? What is my way of living? Am I giving glory to God for the things that I've been blessed with? Or do I hate him? Am I frustrated with him because he hasn't given me anything? I know people right now in this audience who are struggling. So be encouraged by this verse. You will be kept in perfect peace, the one who's struggling, whose mind is stayed on God. Why is that? Because he trusts in you. Do we really trust in the power of God? Do we really trust in who he is? Think about the last part of this. It says, trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. <laughs> That's strong. I talk about how strong Trip is. Man, <laughs> this boy got everlasting strength. As we close this morning, what we see is that if we actually focus our minds on the word of God and we actually apply it to our lives, we will have peace. The peace that we desire. It doesn't come though by just believing. You remember this verse in James 2.19. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe, but they don't make it, do they? They believe and they tremble. I'm so fascinated with this thought. Every single time that one of these spirits or these evil uh, beings saw Jesus on earth, what did they do? Absolute respect. Bow down. Have you come to torment me before the time? What do you have to do with me, son of God? It's one thing to believe it, but look at what the Bible says. But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect. Only one time in the Bible does it talk about the concept of faith alone, and it's here. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith alone without works is dead also. If we want peace in our lives, that is a continual and lasting thing. We must focus our minds on the truth and then apply it. Apply it. How can I know how to fix the situation? How do I know how to sustain in this situation unless I get guided? How will they know unless I get taught? Am I right about it? 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then and only then will we be able to enjoy the peace that we need. Brethren, I hope you enjoy your time with your families this week. I hope that you have an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. The greatest thing ever. The one who came to this earth because he loved you. Died on the cross because he loved you. Resurrected because he loved you. And is preparing a place for you because he loves you. Friend, if you're here today and you're not a child of God, I want to just encourage you with one thing. I know that you probably do good things for people. And I know that you probably feel good when you do it. Jesus did something for you because he loved you. Because he cared about you. Because he knows that without him you will not make a peaceful place one day, your home. But today is the day you can fix that problem. You can be added to his church, the body of Christ, and be given all spiritual blessings that come through him. You do it by believing who he is. You do it by confessing his name. You do it by repenting of your sins, turning from that old way and turning towards him. You do it by being baptized in water for the remission, for the forgiveness of your sins. You go in dead and you come out brand new, man. <laughs> 2019 model. Y'all like that new car scent, don't you? Huh? Man, stepping in that new car, you sit in there, take that big old whiff of that new car. That's how you'll be. Brand new. Now that sounds awesome. Don't miss that opportunity. It can happen right now as we stand and as we sing.